Welcome to the Restaurant Reality Show, the weekly podcast that promises to share the real stories that take place behind the scenes in the food service world. I'm your host, Sam Knoll, the founder and president of the website consultancy, samknoll.com, as well as a 20-year veteran of the restaurant industry and a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. Now, today I'm talking to uh, Chef John Taylor, or JT, as uh, many of us who have worked with him know him. Uh, Now, JT really was one of the earliest chefs under whom I was lucky enough to work, and I learned a lot from him. He's run numerous kitchens across Tidewater, Virginia, and consistently produces kind of highly credited foods. He's a very talented guy. Now... I have to note that this talk took place at almost 11 at night, as Chef JT is currently having to work seven days a week to keep the kitchen open uh, in, in you know, the restaurant that he's a part of. So you'll get to hear a little more about that in our talk. So I say, let's get started. Let's just kind of start at the beginning. I'd like to know your whole history, so I'm going to get you to div- you know divulge some of that and let me know. When you started cooking, why, <laughs> you know, how old were you? All that good stuff. I think I was, I was 18. I mean, it's pretty much the same circle you started with. I mean, yeah. the whole, uh, Willie Moots, Chuck Sass, uh, Oh, Rick Maggard. Um, That's what I was going to say. Did you work for Rick early on? I did. I worked. I started with him at Crawdads. Crawford, okay. Uh, Crawdads down at uh, if you remember that, all the way down the south end of the beach. Yep. And that was what was that his second restaurant? He had, he had, uh, Crawdad Cafe. He had uh, Coyote Cafe, the little one on Twenty Seventh yeah. Street, and yeah. a place called Barking Dog down at the end of oh, yeah. 36th Street. I think it was down then. Yeah, the I remember one. Barking Dog. Yep. That's amazing. Well, so okay, so eighteen. What is so? What was that? Just kind of like out of out of high school summer job? What? Uh, what? Yeah, pretty you... much. It just uh, it was right there on the boardwalk, and you know, it's, it's you know, I, I loved surfing back then, and fishing, and doing all that stuff. So it made made sense. It was, you know, right there, and yeah. <laughs> easy 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 job to get back then too yeah yeah compared, was, to, compared to everything else for a high schooler it was way better pay yeah i guess that's true yeah interesting and i was, eight, and I was 18 there's you know a whole room full of adults that buy you beer oh yeah <laughs> that's a good point yeah, you had a good group you were working with. I, that was one thing that, that Rick Maggard did very well was he somehow managed to pull in people and produce pretty talented chefs. Yeah, he could assemble a lot of talent, that's for sure. Yep. Out of every place he opened for the most part. It was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Man, so, so let's see. So you basically, so from 18 until now, you've been cooking for a long time. Yeah. We met back in what 90 I don't know, mid 90s somewhere in there. Yeah, okay. something like that. Probably yeah, 96, 95, 96. Okay. Yeah, and it was interesting. Um 
I was looking at, you know, some of the folks that we cooked with back then. And I was, I was, I was even, I was, I was telling my wife this evening, yeah, that there've been times where I've gone back to Virginia beach simply because I wanted to go see where you were working and try to, to come in and get something to eat or come back and grab a beer with you when you'd get off work. Right. It's been a long time since we've been able to do that. Very long, probably too long. Yeah. We'll have to someday once this COVID stuff is, is over, we'll see if we can fix that. I think I remember you, you always wanted to kick my ass because I'd take you out way, way, way past your bedtime. Oh, without a doubt. Well, at this point, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like an hour and a half past my bedtime right now. I'm sorry know. to keep you up. <laughs> it's like you hit this this 50-year-old thing. I'm, I obviously can't speak for all of them, but you hit that and it's just kind of downhill, you yeah. know. Wake up at, at five in the morning <laughs> want to fall asleep at 8 30 or 9 at night it's just the way mm-hmm. it seems to roll right so well what else um just trying to think which which of your restaurants uh, out of all those those jobs you've had what, what was your favorite one of those and why do you think that was your favorite well we were like, like me stroud uh selecki uh, i don't remember if you remember paul holbrook there was uh-huh. a few of us that were together for quite a while. Yeah. When, uh, we had uh, uh, Coyote, like, even at the beach, and then when we moved to uh, Laskin Road. Yeah. And uh, that was that was definitely my <clears throat> funnest time because I met uh, some of the best friends that I still call best friends even even today, years and years and years later, you know. Uh, Mike Strauss still comes over to my dad's house for Christmas, brings his daughters, you know, the whole fam family. And, you know, we probably drink too much beer in my dad's backyard. And, you know, we, yep. we still managed to have a pretty good time. And I still talk to all those guys, even so lucky. That's good. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't said a word to, to Steve Selecki for a long time. I guess anyone listening now, it was interesting. Um I cooked with JT at a place called Coyote Cafe for for a little bit. That's me. Yep. And then I left, and I don't remember if I had the order right on this or not. I guess the, I guess I'm mixing it up. I went and I cooked at with with Steve at um what was that restaurant on Nineteenth Street that Rick had? Oh, the Fish Bowl. Uh, yeah. Cafe Society. Cafe Society. Yeah, I'm that was the first there. place I ever really cooked. I'd right. always been, you know, the bartender or a right. waiter or something. So that was interesting. I was the pizza man there. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember they had pizzas. <laughs> well, that yeah, I didn't have a real big role. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was that was that was a good time there, without a doubt. So, so Coyote was your favorite. Or that group that you worked with there was your favorite. And that was a very talented group. Oh, Barry. Um, we, went, we went to work together every day, and we got off work and played hard all night together and just rinse and repeat pretty much every day while we were in our 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the norm for that whole group. Mm-hmm. All had long hair. Yep. Yep. All could have, uh, which is so funny now. And I look back at pictures of me remember, halfway down my back. I, I remember, I remember you brought it into work one day. I think you said like, finally cut it off. Oh yeah. 
or you took you had a picture of it on a coffee table or something. Have you um have you ever played with the idea of of moving in to an ownership type position with anyone with a restaurant? I did that. Well, tell me about that. I actually is me and a couple of uh, friends. Sorry, I'm taking my refrigerator. Yeah. A couple of uh, friends opened Coyote Cafe back up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I never got back to the beach uh, to, to see that. That's right. It was um, John Menino's son. Right. John Menino, yeah. Who's another John Menino? Right. Yeah. yeah, he's, yep. he's still my, he, was, he just texted me like 10 minutes ago. He's still uh, still one of my best friends. Me and him go to Florida all the time. We just got back with last month. We drove down there for nine days or something like that. What do you all do down there? <clears throat> my family owns an island down there, like since before I was born. Yeah. And one year, he it, so me, you remember Bird, my brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one year we were all down there and just having fun. And, and he, he said, I'm coming down. And we'd see him on Facebook. He's checking into whatever, whatever, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, you know, it's like, on route. Yeah, is he really coming? <laughs> and sure shit, me and Bird are standing in the middle of that key lime dirt road in front of the house. And we see some headlights come around the palm tree. I was like, no shit, he's actually here. So <clears throat> it wound up being one of him and his girlfriend's favorite places to go. That's pretty cool. And so, yeah, they they go there every year and you can't beat there. The rental cost are free. So <laughs> exactly. Can't beat it. You guys, what do you, you do a lot of fishing down there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been really since uh, this COVID thing started. Well, that's uh, true. Yeah. Florida's wide open. There's no mass, no nothing. It's like normal. It's like normal civilization down there. So, which feels kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you spend a whole two weeks down there, then you come back up here and you're like, oh, yeah, the apocalypse is still happening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, with where you're working now, how did how did the uh, the this pandemic affect that? Oh, it's shitty. Yeah. I think April April's when we shut down. I mean, they changed some of the laws where we were allowed to serve. You know, how strict Virginia is. Where are you? You're in Carolina still. I'm in Carolina. Yeah. Well, you know how strict Virginia was on um, uh, alcohol laws. You know, you have mm-hmm. you know you have to have all your drinks up by two o'clock. Uh, you're not allowed to have. You're not allowed to serve people in a parking lot well they relaxed all those laws really yeah so we decided to take full advantage of that and we had because we weren't at first we weren't allowed to serve people inside we're like well what the fuck do we do about that we need to survive yeah you know yeah we don't want to stop serving them (laughs) right so we started throwing parking lot parties since we were allowed to serve alcohol right in the parking lot we had girls on roller skates rolling out there with their serving trays with full-blown cocktails beers you name it you know we just hand it right through sam's window right into the uh drive into the driver's seat with whoever you happen to bring along and let's just keep on going we had a couple of, of uh fold-out tables out there we just put some hors d'oeuvres you know uh, we just didn't even charge for those it was cheap stuff anyway yeah yeah other to draw people in keep people happy 
Yeah, keeping them happy. We did that for a while. We were surviving on them. We got uh, busted by the police for it because they're just... If they stayed in their cars, they would have been good. But after four or five cocktails, it's like, oh, look, Sam Knowles here. I got to get out of my car. I'm going to go hang out with Sam and his car. Yeah, cars. exactly. So Suddenly. So eight or nine other people over here. And it's just, it's like a children's soccer game. It's just like all these people just congregate in this one little mosh pit. They can't <laughs> obey by the rule after they, you know, have a few drinks. A couple drinks is all it takes. I think that's so true. I guess that's always been the hazard, you know, that's why they were saying, well, you know, eventually restaurants can open. Now restaurants can hold more people, but the bars are staying closed. And I think it's just, there's this, this, everyone knows that you get a couple drinks in you and any inhibitions are gone, you know, obviously do whatever you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, so, so they stopped that. Well, at first, I mean, I had to, uh, I let three, it was three or four, three or four guys. They kind of wanted to leave. Uh, they were because of this, you know, the unemployment thing. You know, where everybody was getting like, uh, some like nine or a thousand bucks or some crazy like that. Yeah. And it was hard for me to get them back. You know, once you feed that dog that much, <laughs> that much, you know, it's like. So I have to. It's you know, I'm I'm getting paid a thousand dollars a week to sit on my ass and play Xbox. Mm-hmm. Or I can make less money and come work my ass off. Doesn't sound so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I know. It's uh... as soon as that ended, everybody came back. And just recently, when they uh, reimposed the uh, ten o'clock, right now we're on a ten o'clock alcohol limit. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, so I was having a hard time giving my guys hours, so I lost another another few of them. Yeah. So right now it's just me and one other guy, just Iron Man in it, seven days a week. Just two of you. That's hardcore. So when all you said you were busy tonight, you weren't kidding. All both of us. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we, we got a six. We got a six station or a six person kitchen with two people. You know, just doing the best we can. We shorten the menu up. You know, make it a little bit more uh, compact. Yeah. To, uh, you know, I don't care how good you are, you can't be in two places at once. You just can't. So, you know, just shorten the menus up and put some favorites on there for everybody. And, you know, just that's that's how we're rolling right now. It's, it's once again, it's just keep people happy. And they'll keep coming in. Yeah. We've been actually pretty lucky that we've pretty much held on to uh, most of our local regulars, you know, new people. We do have an outdoor seating area that's pretty large, but as soon as the temperature dropped below 60 degrees, you know, that thing's history. There's a couple of people that have the indoor, I don't get it, have the indoor uh, seating, you know, all the flaps and they got heat in yeah. there. It's it's a dining room. Yeah, why is it's it the same. <laughs> why is it okay to go eat and, uh, you know, it looks like the scene in E.T. when they found out he had an alien, you know, it's like exactly. So yeah, these all these people outside eating in a Condensed this little enclosed space. Yeah, yeah it's, that, it's that, basically basically you put a petri dish out there in the middle of your parking lot, yeah. and you're shoving a whole bunch of people in there. But for some reason, it's legal in the parking lot, not legal inside. So, yep. So there's been people, you know, getting in trouble with that because now you have to have same same fire code. You have to have fire extinguishers, exit signs, two exits. Uh, 
no open flame heat. You know, it's it's just hmm. like being inside. So it's, they're making it very very challenging. That's interesting. So they're they're basically they're saying it's outside, but you have to treat it like it's inside dining. It is inside, Sam. I know. You walk through a damn door. You sit at a table. It's covered. It's from the from the ceiling all the way to the concrete. Yep. And there's probably less air circulation there than there is in the restaurant where there's a, a system moving air around. Right. Man. Well, do you have any friends then in this uh, in this business who've kind of lost jobs or any anything like that? I don't have any friends here at the oceanfront. I don't. I have some friends out in Colorado where they um, hmm. have shut all the restaurants down. Period. Really? They closed. They closed two weeks ago, and they said they're allowed to open December twentieth. There's rumors of them doing that here. I don't know if you see what's going on, like in California. There's a few other states where they they uh, told given given everybody stay at home orders, whatever you want to call that. But you're not allowed to function as a as a, as a business at that point. You know. I guess that's just as they watch this this uh, current spike in uh, an infection. Sure. They're feeling like they need to do something. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, think I that's right here. In the restaurant business and you know it's uh, i guess especially at this time if they get hit with something like that it may do many of them in well well we we were lucky enough we got on the uh, on the ball early enough you know like cps and uh bill gambrell you know that we're like having this like almost twice a week i have some kind of giant conference call where hmm. everybody's trying to figure out what everybody's doing and everybody got in on the uh you know, the paycheck protect, uh, protection loans. Mm-hmm. We got money for that, you know, uh, sub from the uh, government. And that got us through uh, this spring, you know, like mm-hmm. in, in early part of the summer, you know, where we had, we were not freaking out. We were comfortable because we had a little bit to to chew on before, you know, we died. But if they hit us again like that, there's just, I mean, you will see restaurants. I mean, nationwide, you will see them cave. That's the only thing that keep that kept even giants like uh, Bill Gambrell, C.P. Shuckers, places that have been around forever, mm-hmm. said if that happens again, the loss they'll take. There's no way they keep the doors open. Yeah, no way. Well, I think they've all eaten through whatever cushion they had, <clears throat> and yeah. at some point, even if they've even if they've got it, I guess they also have to say at some point is that, you know is this a smart time to even be doing this business? I'd be better off paying my rent. And that's it. <laughs> and insurance, you know. Right. And that's it. And we'll we'll see if we can hold out until everything gets all better and then try to regroup and reopen things again, whether it's something different or, you know, who knows. I don't know. It's uh very bizarre. It'll be different. When this is all over, it's still gonna be different. Yeah. <laughs> this one's gonna leave a scar for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you've you've played for a little bit with the restaurant owner side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, how did, how did that one work out? You guys ran for a while and it just didn't do quite enough and just decided to go ahead and fold that location? 
We did. I mean, like, we still plan on doing something along the lines. You know, one day, you know, something falls out of the sky and it's too good to pass up. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we still got all the signage. Or still, I mean, literally, we have a, a storage unit slam full of this crap. You know, <laughs> Coyote Cafe, <laughs> lots, lots of Coyote Cafe cups. I don't want to talk about the cups. We got lots of cups. Uh, yeah, it was the location. You know, I went into it thinking, you know, I was like, well, how can you fail at Hilltop? Hilltop's always busy. You know, yeah. like it's it's one of, if not the busiest. Uh, one of the one of the uh, metrics that the uh, landlord has given us is, is uh, that that corridor right there, that uh, first colonial uh, Alaskan Road corridor, mm-hmm. sees over six hundred fifty thousand cars a day. Might be the same car, but they went back and forth. Yeah, and right. Like, that's that just can't be a real number. It's like, man, it's a real number. Like, that's crazy. And right there also is the number one grossing uh, Chick Fil A in Virginia. Like so, it does see a lot of traffic. You know, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. The, the Chick Fil A yeah, world is just—it's—it's—it's just—it's—it's it's such an enticing thing. You'd like to assume, well, if Chick Fil A can do that business here, then why can't I? But it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> yeah, that place—the place was—it was very expensive for for. It was very big and very expensive. Yeah. And uh, it was just—it was just. I don't know how anybody in Hilltop makes it with square footage they're charging. That's it was just. I even negotiated. I negotiated. They wanted twenty-seven a foot. Yeah. And for openers, I got them down to thirteen. I was like, I was amazed. I even I had a lawyer with me, but still, it's like I was even amazed that I got it down that low. How big a space were y'all working with then? It was, 50, oh, just over fifty-one hundred square feet. Okay. <clears throat> That's not small at all. No, it's not. So you were set to have a, a, and and I, unfortunately, I never got to see it firsthand, but you really, you probably had a good bar space as well as big dining room. Big bar, big dining room, long shotgun kitchen with every piece of equipment you could ever think of. I mean, it was my dream kitchen. It was so, (laughs) just everything in it was like, what do you need? You know, I, I got it. You ever, you ever thought about like, I know you've worked in some places like, like who the hell thought of this? This is the most awful design I've ever seen in my oh, life. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But when you get to do it yourself, it's like, I felt, I felt horrible when I finally closed up shop. It was like, just because, I mean, the kitchen ran so efficiently. I mean, like literally you could do it with one hand tying your hide your back. Uh, and at the end of the night, I actually had French drains in the back. Everything worked. The drain wasn't in the highest part of the floor. Like they just, I had a hose back there. The guys just literally hosed everything down, scrubbed it up. And it took, it sounds like a, it sounds like a real restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. For real. (laughs) Didn't even take them that long. Yeah. I miss those days of uh, standing over that tiny little kitchen at Coyote and 125 degree temperatures. Oh, you missed that, huh? The hood's not working. And, right. You know, yeah, that was that was fun. Didn't, it didn't pig- sound like that. Pigeons <laughs> flying out of it, yeah. Yep, yep. Like once a week we get in there and there's a pigeon or two in the kitchen. They just flew straight down the hood and just chilling out on the cutting boards. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so you got to to truly set up that kitchen what's your uh, what's your favorite piece of equipment that you put in there 
or, or is there, was there a piece of equipment that you got to put in that kitchen that you haven't been able to get in other places? You know what I mean? Uh, I had enough room. I had an alto sham. Uh, I've never, right. I never got to use one of those before because I've always done like, like big prime ribs and uh, like yep. uh, uh, convections. You know. Yep. And there's one, uh, one of my friends that was working there. He's like, "No, man, we got." The, he rolled this piece of equipment around the corner. He's like, "We got this right here." He plugged it in. It worked. I was like, "All right, well, you show me, man, because I've never, I've never done this before." It's like, Boop. plugs it in. Got everything seasoned up. Just, yep. it just, I mean, it's like it turns itself off when it's done. I was like, you couldn't, oh, yeah. even, forget it. You couldn't even forget about it. Like, wow. Oh, I, I, I love those things. I mean, I, I remember doing that. Uh, one place I cooked where you know, we, we, had, ribs we, had a, we had a bank of those, and we were doing, you know, prime rib for I forget how many people. All this would cook all night. It would hit temp. It would drop down to 155 and just hold it. Yep. You know, yep. indefinitely almost. And it was such a big piece of meat. It, you know, it didn't matter. It could do that forever. Yep. We do ribs at night. I just put them in there like oh, that. Yeah. I tie a, I tie a towel around the handle and the day guy would come in around nine. He'd see, he'd see, he'd open it up. He's like, Oh, ribs are done. They cook for six hours. They turn themselves off to a warming yep. Uh, yep. temperature. He pulled them out and it's like, yep. Perfect. Every time. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, and and certainly the kind of the bigger the facility you're working with, the more fun the equipment is. Absolutely. You know, I had a a uh, about a shoulder high floor mixer I inherited there. It looked like some kind of like like old Russian like surplus something. I mean, it had no paint on it or nothing, but it worked great. <laughs> There's quite a few few things came with that acquisition. Yeah, that's not bad. If you were talking to, uh, you know, some some guy or woman who uh, was thinking of going to culinary school and or or just sticking with it and learning through the the road of hard knocks, would you know, and they were thinking of of becoming a, a chef you know, a cook than chef, what advice would you give them? You know, I know you, I know you went to school. Um, and you know, I, both of y'all went to the same school. I went to CIA. Yeah. Um, but even, I, I don't How do you, what, what, what would you do? I, I, I went through, I just traveled around the United States. I left Virginia beach. I went to, uh, Colorado, uh, for a few years at Steamboat Springs. I met a bunch of great, chefs out there that uh you know it's not east coast you know it's, it's much it's much different out there so it's like you know mm-hmm. a culture shock type of thing but it was a great learning experience you get to go to like asking food and wine you know these like oh yeah huge high dollar you know money is no object things that are going out there and uh, all the all the events that go on between there and Vale, and you know it's a pretty pop pretty popular area. Um, yes. I would, I would push somebody to do that. You, you're, you might not have a piece of paper, but you got real world field experience. Uh, you're going to come out of it with no debt and you're going to come out of it with really, really good stories. I mean, if you just travel around live a year in Colorado or Utah or Los Angeles or San Francisco, you know, just, you know, throw a dart off the map, get a 
just yep. pick a pick a place, you know, and just move around. Especially if you're if you're 20 years old, 23 years old, you're single, you're, you're not nothing's real, real serious yet. You know, you got some time. Exactly. It's a why this would, luxury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be able to do it. You? Yeah. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I mean, I loved the CIA. That was uh, two fantastic years of my life. But, you know, at the same time, it was also interesting to get done with school there and you come out and you're right, you picked up some debt and you're certainly not guaranteed any higher pay than anyone else. (laughs) You know, you have to reprove yourself and um, which means you've kind of got to work harder than the other folks wherever you go. because, you know, people are expecting you to know things, but you have to show that you do. It's, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, I don't know, it's, a, it's kind of a tough one. So I would say most of my, my friends who are, I would say, very talented chefs, and I'll include you in that, um, <clears throat> did not go to culinary school. No. You know? I mean, they they went. They did kind of what you talked about. They found. I think they wanted, your, they wanted to Johnson live different places. They wanted to work under different chefs. You know, right? Yeah. It's, uh, I think was it Todd Jerk? I think went to Johnson and Wales. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Teach you. Yeah, I mean, teach you what not he, to do. He was probably in, in Norfolk. No, he might have been up. Uh, in Rhode Island or wherever. Probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. So I'm wondering what uh what next steps will be as uh, as some of this gets rolling. Um I guess we're all just kind of waiting to see what 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 happens with this uh yeah with the the vaccine and and hope keep our fingers crossed that things may change and yeah. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough time for everybody. Cause you don't, you know, like normally you can see down the road a little bit and know what to expect. And this time it's just you, everybody, everybody in the world practically is just rolling the dice at this point. You know, nobody, you don't, you know, there's no certainty. So it's hard. It's hard to plan anything. Yeah. Yeah. Except we've, what's we've happening had, this coming weekend. We've had, we've had to cancel. We've had to cancel all of our, Christmas parties because we're not allowed to have over 25 people. Yep. And my friend that works at the Mocha, you know, the uh, Center for the Arts. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it's called Mocha. I forget what the uh, an acronym is. Anyway, so they had, and when this first started, there's a, a girl that had a wedding reserved there, you know, uh. reception and everything, but she had planned this six months prior. And they had, I think at that point, I, th- I think they had it at 50 people. The mm-hmm. cap was 50 people. And the poor girl had to get married five times in front of groups of 50 people because she had 250 people. <laughs> so that's how so she it, did it. That's how she, this is a friend of mine that runs the banquets and everything there. He says the longest damn day at work he's ever had because it's like they take the vans and they go get 50 more people from the hotel oh they're staying at take them back there she's got to get married all over again pictures with everybody you know the whole nine yards those 
50 people go back. I said, the, they said the last group of 50, only like 12 showed up because they heard about all the bullshit that was going on. I was like, no way. We're not doing that. We'll see her later. That's crazy. So really she would, <laughs> so they, they send the vans down, bring 50 back, do the ceremony and, and the reception. So they're doing all that out there. They're you know, not, right. not at a church. So it was all out there. Yeah, right there on the facility. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. That's um. You feel bad for the groom. He only wanted to get married once, you know. And then you got to do it five <laughs> times and keep a smile on your face. Shit. <laughs> and you don't get a whole lot out of reception at that point, you know. No. Well, can you imagine if somebody at the last minute dropped that in your lap? Like Sam, by the way, you got to say I do five times over the course of nine hours today. Yeah. Because we got to reset, redo, you know, do everything. Yep. Probably I guess that's true. So they'd have thing. to, this whole group would come in, they'd do the whole, the, you know, all parts of the, 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 the proceedings. Then they'd have to say, all right, everyone, hop in the van. You're out of here now. <laughs> I think what they did is set up some kind of uh, thing down at one of the banquet rooms in the, in the hotel. I think, I think one of, one of the hotel people, knew what was going on and they they said well we're gonna put a bartender and a you know a couple of bars down here like you so say you can still have some people and they if, as long as they had my friend was telling me as long as they have you know these bank groups so they have these division walls that you can pull yeah. out yep. so so now you could separate it and leave the door open and you keep 25 people on this chunk 25 people in this chunk. You say, even though everybody's intermingling, going in and out of this door, they can they they can get away with it. Interesting. I, I suppose it would work. It's it's the kind of year you've got to pull a rabbit out of your hat every every minute, or you're you're behind. You know. That's that is somebody. Yeah, it's. I guess there's no giving up on that wedding. You know, as opposed to saying. Yeah, we'll 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 wait six months or whatever it is. All right, man. Well, I have to say I appreciate you uh, you meeting up with me after work. I know that was a push. I didn't realize there were just two of you banging away. Who are you working? Is this is this your person you're working with? Is that anyone I might know or not? No, he's a young no. guy. He's good. He's very good at what he does, but which is hard to find these days. So. Yeah. I just lost three guys because I had, I mean, literally they were just getting like one day less, hourly guys, like one day less on the schedule. And like, there's a period there where there's a, a, a scare with, down at the ocean front with COVID and like, like people just wouldn't leave their houses. Hmm. And I would, I would open up and get everything ready just like normal and nothing would happen. Like, really? yeah, like a couple of people would come in. I'm like, I'm just I'm scared. I'm like, you know, holy shit. I'm like, I didn't even drive around, go to CP Shucker, go to like Tall Talks, these places, and see one or two cars in the parking lot on a Friday night. You know, that's scary stuff. So eventually, I, we backed their hours down to damn near nothing. And they, you know, I get it. You know, like, you need, you need to work. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, especially these places that, you know, I mean, we've we've all been in every one of those where they're just booming. So, yeah, very, very bizarre times. So, all right, dude. Well, 
I would say let's let's uh, let's call it. But I appreciate you joining me. Absolutely, and, uh, good to see you, man. Good yeah. to see you doing good. Yeah, doing all right. Hey, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me on the Restaurant Reality Show. Please remember to tell your friends that these shows are available to listen to for free in any, and I mean any app that supports podcasts whatsoever. I hope you enjoyed this interview, that it's enabled you to let go of all the, the stuff that life seems to be throwing at you these days as a little bit of fun in your life is an essential thing. So now go on, enjoy the rest of your day or night, and please remember the following. Take care of your local restaurants as we really need them in our lives.